Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the macho man to my hulkster, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Oh, yeah. Hi, Christian. I'm ready. WrestleMania this Sunday. Oh, yeah. Coming off the top rope doing episode 21. Dig it. <laughs> I do. I dig it. What's up, man? Episode 21. How are you? Good, good. Just another week, another uh, another crazy week, but uh, we are finally recording. It's not a Tuesday, it's a Wednesday evening. Tony's having a few drinks, and so we might get a little uh, little bit of drunk Tony today. But uh, It's going to be crazy. <laughs> hopefully hopefully don't, we don't get the uh, margarita version of Tony where he slows down to a slow <laughs> crawl. Yeah, and if you guys are just, like, tuning in, or if you're just being nice friends that are like, sure, I'll give it a listen, episode seven is that one, so. Yeah, you know exactly which episode I do, it's, that was one of the most downloaded episodes up until uh, Chris Hardwick gave us a shout-out, so. Yeah, and yeah. actually that uh, brings me to uh, talking about our Facebook page. Uh, we want to thank everybody who is listening, subscribing, downloading on uh, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere that you get uh, your podcast episodes. Spotify. Nah, it's, it's been great ever since we've been up there. The downloads are getting up there, and uh, the, the feedback's been great. Uh, people at work have been listening. They've been telling me um, they enjoy it. Um, I even have some friends that are not much into pop culture supporting, and they're like, yeah, that's really cool. So, you know, everybody, thank you so much for the support. We appreciate it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned a couple weeks ago that uh, we were starting to do video for it. And uh, aside from some issues I'm having with my Adobe Premiere in exporting the video, this week, for whatever reason, my phone does not want to output the video for the video cast portion of it so we are not getting video on this episode 
Yes, but you can just imagine it would have been great. You see the movie Borat? I'm in that, like, V one-piece suit with the hairy chest. Oof. I can see the video. Yum, yum. Like, up up on the screen. Ooh, yeah, you like it right there, Uh uh-huh. Although that wasn't (laughs) Borat. That was more macho, man. (laughs) I like you very nice. I'm on the Proton Pack podcast. Uh, as always uh, feel free to check out our social media on facebook proton pack podcast and on instagram at proton pack podcast tony will be posting the articles that we talk about so you guys can follow along if you so choose to do so yes they will be up there and it will be hopefully your one-stop shop on your facebook feed for all things nerd that we talk about, pop culture related. Exactly. A lot of Avengers stuff lately, too, I've been posting on there. So, yeah, surprisingly, we don't have any Avengers news, uh, let alone any Marvel MCU news. A lot of DC stuff today, though. Yeah, it's, it's a little quiet on the front, but we'll, we can just say, since we're not doing a video, we're not on any real time constraint this week. Uh, but Captain Marvel busted uh, over the billion uh, mark domestically. So it's huge, huge movie. Big money. No oh. whammies stop. Well, we might as well talk about it too real quick. I'm just trying to squeeze Marvel in because we're Marvel boys. Um, did you uh, get your Avengers Endgame uh, presale ticket? I have not. Savage. And I have a feeling I'm going to have to wait about a week before I uh, get a chance to see it based on the way it's been selling out. So yesterday, um, you know, I went to go book it on uh, a, on my AMC app and I could not get the damn app. It took two hours to get the app to run. And finally, when I did get on, I had one ticket way in the back. And then, uh, you know, then I booked my ticket. And it's it's way in the back. It's a real crappy seat. It was for the Dolby uh, Cinema, super loud, 1030 showing opening night. But then I was like, wait. I'm like, I kind of want to bring a date. So I asked the girl that I've been talking to. And, and I was like, hey, do you want to go? She goes, yeah, I'd love to go. So then I canceled my seat. <laughs> and I spent another like an hour and a half to get this damn app to come up and I get um you know I, I get the, the runaround it's like you've already got a pre-existing reservation I'm like I canceled that right well because it's so slow it doesn't recognize that I didn't cancel it and long story short I gave up the Dolby because we would have been front row no one I, I if you like front row kudos to you I absolutely hate it um so I just settled for opening night, regular theater at the AMC. Still going to be bitching. And it's not like day. you're not going to see it three other times oh, after did, that. Did, I got a feeling I saw Infinity War five times. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say that shit. Yeah. I saw it five times. I saw Captain Marvel three. I think I did Black Panther three times. I, I love Marvel. I, I go see that stuff over yeah. and over. I don't get sick of it, so... Yeah. I think I'll probably try to uh, get tickets for the like very first showing on Friday morning. Yeah, that's try good. Try to do a middle of the day and when everybody's at work and at school. 
No, that's smart thinking. And we're just going to say this, too. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you already know how big this movie's going to be. I honestly think it's going to be the biggest movie of all time. I just, I don't see how it's not going to be. Oh, it's already breaking records. Yeah, this thing is, you, but you're going to want to see it opening week. You're going to get spoiled if you don't. This is not one I think you can hide under a rock and just earmuffs like you're going to get spoiled. So. People are going to talk about it. Yep. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not putting that to chance cause I'm going to be pissed. I'm dumb enough to read the, this little leaks and stuff that are coming out now. Like, Oh, today they screened five minutes of the movie and I read it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I just want to be surprised. I'm not going to read any more spoilers from here forward. I, I don't want any more spoilers. I'm good. Well, we've I'll got what? 23 days. As of, like this, as of this recording, 23 days, yeah. So you better get your MCU uh, movie watching under your belt, buddy. Yep. All right, so that's our little side tangent on Marvel, since we don't have anything else Marvel to talk about uh, this oh. week. Oh, 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 one more. What? Thank you for everybody that participated on the MCU March Madness bracket we did. Yes. Thank you so much for putting that together. That was awesome. Do you want to tell the audience, uh, if if you followed, you know who won. But uh, for the listeners that didn't follow along and voted on our Instagram page, um, what a tough bracket that was, man. The way you put that together, that was, it was so hard. I didn't think it would be that hard, but it's hard yeah. to pick these damn Marvel movies, there man. There were a couple oh. ones where I went back and forth on trying to decide. But uh, ultimately, it came down to, in the final contest of champions, Thor Ragnarok, who's the Cinderella of the uh, uh, bracket against Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, which obviously was the big dog. And uh, when it came down to it, ultimately Avengers Infinity War won out and uh, was voted by you, our fans, as the greatest MCU movie of all time. Yeah, man, it's uh, I, I would agree with it. I think that was a true winner. I think that was how I would have picked them all if I was personally filling out a bracket and that's how I would have done it as well. So it was really tough, but man, kudos to you for putting that together. Next, uh, next time we do one of those, we will try to do some interactive things. So maybe we could get you, you guys, the listeners or, you know, the followers like movie tickets to your town or something like that. So, um, we'll play around with that as time goes on, but, uh, yeah, all in all, it went well. Yeah. Very good feedback on that. So thank you for participating. And, uh, now I guess, and with the show we go, oh yeah. And starting uh, this episode, as we do each and every week, we will start with TV news. Uh, the first bit is a uh, show on Netflix that uh, is Netflix. a comic book based show that uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that it was based on a comic book, uh, but it's been doing really well. And that is the Umbrella Academy. Uh, it's a Dark Horse comic, so probably why most people wouldn't associate it with Marvel or DC. And it was actually um, created by uh, Gerard Way, who is um, lead singer of My Chemical Romance, I want to say. Um, okay. <laughs> That's news uh, to Tony. That is news. Sorry, my computer is like snail trailing to get back to the article, so I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> know. Fine. I got my notes uh, here. 
but I've seen probably the first three episodes of it, and it's a really good show. You know, it is definitely for mature audiences. Uh, it is not your typical comic book type show. It's a little bit darker, um, and it basically centers around these superpowered kids, or they were kids at one point, uh, and they grew up sort of in the spotlight, and they are forced back together as adults uh, after the death of their caretaker or, you know, their father, quote-unquote. And so it's uh, definitely interesting. You've got uh, Ellen Page in it. Um, it's got uh, a little bit of Peter star Price. power. Exactly. But uh, if you haven't started watching it yet, Definitely go check it out. Um, I know, Tony, you haven't started yet, but, uh, you know, yeah. it's something that you may want to start getting into. Perfect. Oh, and it, just to confirm, it is um, it was my chemical romance. So great job on that. OK, cool, cool. So you know, in, he also was the co-founder of DC Comics Young Animal Imprint. I did not. I don't even know what that is, but that was on his Wikipedia page. So fun <laughs> fact for you listeners. But uh, if you enjoyed season one or if you're getting into season one, Netflix has announced that they have renewed it for a season two. So uh, you will be seeing more of the Umbrella Academy. It didn't get a lot of hype behind it when it came out, but it's got a loyal base from the comic book following. And so I think that was enough to get it to a, a season two. Well, that'll be good. I will add it now that The Walking Dead is done. I will get into it. <laughs> Uh, yes. Moving on, I finished The Walking Dead, by the way. I have to basically binge this season of The Walking Dead. Yeah, you, you really will, man. We'll discuss it when you're done watching it. I mean, not for our show, but we'll talk about it. And there's, there's no Walking Dead news today, folks. That was that was about the extent of that. Yeah. Uh, moving on to other TV news in the world of comic books. Uh, we are getting towards the end of fox's gotham and this is a series that i've enjoyed all the way through um, i missed the basically the cutoff for the first episode of this season and so without seeing that first episode i decided you know what i'm just gonna wait i'm gonna binge watch them all at once but uh, there is news coming out that uh, cameron monahan's character who uh it was jerome and then it went to What's what was his twin brother's name? Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to be your helpful like partner sidekick here. Um, he he played his twin brother on there, and um, I forget what his name was, but because uh, we all another thought, J name. Oh, Jeremiah, <laughs> Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah. That's, sorry, I had to think. But uh, yeah, he did uh, Jerome for a while. We all thought Jerome was going to be the Joker. He played it so well. Like we thought, holy cow, like when he becomes the Joker, um, it's just going to be he does it so well, you know. And, uh, and then spoiler alert, they killed him off. And uh, Jeremiah sort of took up that mantle as a different type of Joker character. And now it looks like we are going to get the full Joker, full makeup, you know, green hair, red lips, white skin, and uh, it's freaky looking. Yeah, he looks like my dad's girlfriend. <laughs> Dr. Crackers. She don't listen to the show. I don't care. <laughs> hey, she does. Hi, Jenny. How are you? 
I'm a Dr. Kratos. <laughs> now, since I haven't been watching the series, I don't know what's happened to the character and you know how he comes back in this full-on Joker look. But uh, there is an official promo trailer out for it. Uh, you get to see what he looks like. Um, I'm even to the point where I'm not even going to watch the promo trailer because I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, but, I, uh, wouldn't, I wouldn't watch the trailer because you haven't watched any of the seasons, so it's just going to spoil some stuff. Um, just to describe it, if you're listening, I'm, I, it's up on our Facebook page, but uh, it looks kind of – you take a little bit of the Jack Nicholson 1989 band, a little bit. With a uh, that face is just yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's what the fans are kind of uh, what I'm reading here. But it's a it's a pretty effed up like it looks effed up. It's a distinctive <laughs> different. It's a it's a different looking Joker. I'll, I'll yeah. say that it's freaky. And in this picture, I feel like he's staring into my soul. Yeah, well, and like I said, I don't mean to be. That's kid should like have a meme and say meth not even once. Because that does it kind of looks like my dad's girlfriend. Savage. <laughs> I guess they're on uh break right now, and uh so it'll return with this episode uh on Thursday, April 18th. And so it gives you a little something to look forward to. Well, I'm excited. I'm bummed that it's ending. Um if you guys haven't got a chance, Gotham is on Netflix right now. You can catch up uh, season one through four on there. Fantastic show. And I know we said this, if you go back, if you want to go back to the archives and listen to the beginning of our, uh, of our podcast show when we started in August. And uh, we talked about how I became a fan when we were roommates and you would watch it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll catch it. And yeah, I love it. I think it's a great show. Well, I mean, they treat, they treat the source material very well. Extremely well. And I mean, I don't want it to end. Like, it's the these characters, I mean, just the way they brought them to life, especially just for TV. I wish it could live on on the DC app or something. Um, fantastic, though. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, moving on to other DC news. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the DC Universe streaming service. And... So far, we've gotten the original series Titans. We've gotten Doom Patrol. Well, the next original series is getting ready to come out on May 31st, and that series is Swamp Thing. And Swamp Thing is uh, basically going to be a horror series uh, directed by Len Wiseman. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever watched any of the old 80s um, movies, the Swamp Thing movies. I did, yeah. Was wasn't John Carpenter? Did he do one of them? He did. Okay, I thought so, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure. And they don't hold up all that well, but uh, I I have fond memories of it as a, a kid. It's funny in the promo here. He looks like uh, his character out of uh, the uh, Injustice games. Well, I'm looking at it, and I think that's actually the picture they used was the injustice image. Oh, okay, that would be that would be why. Okay. 
Now, the interesting thing is, I mean, it's coming out May 31st, which is sort of right around the corner, and uh, we haven't seen anything from it. We haven't seen any screenshots. We haven't seen any trailers, any video. Uh, I mean, it is a complete mystery at this point. Yeah, um, I don't know enough about the Swamp Thing to really say much, other than this just goes what we talked about last week too it's um they think that having the dc app will be a great thing and this gives us an opportunity to see shows like this so um in the vein of having a horror comic book kind of show this uh should be interesting so we'll we'll see but it is a little there's a little worrisome as if you're a fan of that um to not have anything yet not even a still shot like they have to use a video game still shot on it so yeah but yeah. I, I think it's in good hands. You know, like I said, Len Wiseman is directing it. And then you've got, uh, you know, James Wan, who was uh, the director of The Conjuring and Insidious, and Gary Doberman, uh, who was the writer of The Nun and Annabelle, uh, as some of the creative forces behind the series. And so, um, you know, in the fact that they're making it a horror-based series, I think it'll do pretty well. I agree. Um We'll we'll see how it goes, but uh, definitely uh, excited to see what happens with that. Yep. And uh, as we get more news, when they actually do release some video and uh, images, uh, we'll share that with you guys as well. Yes, we will. And we'll update you as things, you know, things pop up. You just follow us on uh, Facebook or Instagram and uh, you'll, you'll be getting the news quicker than you will with the podcast by the time we talk about it. So, yep. All right, that does it for TV news for this week, going into movies, and uh, as we do each week, uh, we're going to go over the weekend box office. And uh, it's podcast. It is the Proton Pack Podcast. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to that theme song. Nah, I just busted. Yeah, it's just the weekend box office report. I we really got to come up with the thing. We're twenty one episodes in. How do we not have actual theme music on this show? Uh, cause we're busy. It's cheap production here at the Seven One Eight Studios in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> cheap, I tell ya. So uh, taking the number one spot was a movie that we expected to take the number one spot, but I wasn't expecting the number that it brought in so number one was dumbo the tim burton remake of the classic disney cartoon and it I'm only sad. i'm sad that we don't have video this week <laughs> because... so you can't do your dumbo impression yeah i can't take my big ass ears and look at this angle be like really dumb i did that <laughs> on the uh the other show i do and i think i scared the hell out of jimmy so did I you did you I don't know what the hell he's doing. That's awesome. <laughs> so Dumbo brought in a measly $45 million on its uh, opening weekend, which for a Disney movie to open at that is sad. As a point of comparison, Beauty and the Beast opened at $174 million. The Jungle Book opened at $103 um, and then some of the more disappointing ones were Cinderella at 67 and then Pete's Dragon at 
Yeah, and I'll chime in real quick on 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 the Dumbo. From the feedback I've gotten from friends, most of them don't want to see it because a they didn't they thought the cartoon was really dark as a kid. They had no desire to be depressed. On top of Tim Burton movies already being dark, it just it didn't seem super appealing then to yeah. them. So, um, I didn't see it. I I would see it, but I have not. So I can't, I can't say anything about it. So. Well, not only that, but the original cartoon movie, I mean, I have no idea what year it actually came out, but you know, the age demographic for that is, you know, our parents and probably even our grandparents from when they were kids. And so it's, it doesn't have that same sort of effect as, you know, we've got Aladdin coming out or the Lion King where, you know, these were cartoon movies that we grew up with and we're excited to bring, or, you know, I'm excited to bring my kids and show them that. Uh, whereas Dumbo's a little bit on the older side. Yeah, Dumbo, I don't even think Dumbo really did it for me as a kid. Like, I don't recall even, I saw the cartoon, I know that, but I don't recall. Like, I couldn't quote anything from it or nothing like that. Right. So, and it's a shame, like, Dumbo, it, like, in all real, in all seriousness, the movie does look pretty good. I mean, it's got a good cast and just obviously wasn't enough to uh, be a big Disney start. But, hey, it was the number one movie, though. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it brought in overseas like another 70, 75 million. So it'll ultimately make back uh, its production, but uh, it's it's not a winner by any means. No. Uh, in number two was last week's number one, uh, the Jordan Peele Hoarder. Hoarder. Hoarder movie. Hoarder. Uh, horror Hordor. film. Uh, Us, which. Uh, brought in another 33.6, uh, raising its domestic total to 128.2, which again for a horror movie is is fantastic. It's just killing it at the box office. I mean, it's going to continue to drop down the ranks, but you know, 128.2 million in two weeks is very impressive. Yeah. Uh, in third place, a movie we talked about at the beginning of the show, just past the one billion mark uh, worldwide, and that's Captain Marvel. It brought in another uh, 20.5 million here domestically. Yeah, it's up to 353.8 here in the States. Uh, an impressive, impressive uh, movie there. Yep. So. In fourth place was the uh, movie Five Feet Apart. My favorite movie of all time. I love it. <laughs> Just kidding. I couldn't tell you anything about it. And surprisingly, in fifth place was a movie I have never heard of, but apparently it is a R-rated anti-abortion drama called Unplanned, and it brought in six point one million. Even though it has a average on Rotten Tomatoes of fifty-three percent, tells you how good that movie probably is. Wow. Yeah, no desire to see that. You will not be seeing a horrible movie review on that, so don't plan on that one. Yep. All right, and then I'm going to rattle off the uh, last of the top ten. Uh, starting with, with sixth place, uh, the Nickelodeon movie Wonder Park with $4.9 Formerly uh, Neverland Ranch, uh, Michael Jackson's home. <laughs> I don't think that'd be rated PG. <laughs> 
the other PG uh, animated movie in seventh place was How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World with 4.2 million. Two dragons that can't stop doing the canoodle. In eighth place was another new movie, a uh, R-rated drama, Hotel Mumbai, with 3.1 million. If you book now, you get free breakfast for on your first day. Uh, in ninth place, Tyler Perry's A Bedea Family Funeral. It's still a movie about a lady in drag, or in drag, that dies. <laughs> and then uh, rounding out the top ten is a Matthew McConaughey movie that I've never heard of called The Beach Bum with a massive $1.8 million. <laughs> it's, a, it's a biography about my future life on the beach. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, I like that finish there. <laughs> All right, that rounds out the weekend box office. Uh, let's see, moving on. Uh, we've talked a couple times about uh, the Zombieland sequel, and uh, one of my favorite parts of Zombieland was the uh, Bill Murray cameo. And uh, hilarious, if you haven't seen Zombieland, I mean, that scene by itself is well worth it. Well, it turns out that uh, Bill Murray is starring in a new zombie comedy uh, along with Adam Driver, Chloe Savigny, Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, and Selena Gomez called The Dead Don't Die. And uh, it actually just released a trailer today, um, which I have not had a chance to see yet, but I know you have, Tone. Yeah, I watched it, and it's actually pretty, pretty hilarious. So you got... Peter Bankman and Kylo Ren has a couple of uh, cops and uh, <laughs> and uh, Adam Driver, who who plays one of the main characters, mentioned they, they find a death like, well, I think that zombies and Bill Murray's like, like the undead. They have like a, you know, like a twang talked and uh, it's just goofy looking. It, it's like it's it's like a kind of a slaps. I don't want to say slapstick, but a. But a comedy like, uh, maybe not in the vein of Zombieland, but, you know, a humorous take a little bit on uh, on the dead. So um, definitely it looks it looks nutty. It looks silly. Um, but with Bill Murray, I, I mean, by going back to kind of comedy, I, I'm down with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Him doing funny stuff. So because I think that's kind of something that we haven't seen from Bill in a long time is, is that just bill murray humor you know yeah and you know for the longest time he did a lot of uh dramas and and sort of weird off-kilter type projects and so now going back to straight comedy um it'll be nice to see him in original bill murray form yeah so this one uh i would look forward to it and i think even adam driver's really doing a good job of breaking the mold of like he's just not kylo ren like he does his characters up pretty well so and uh, that movie looks like it's going to be coming out in June. I wouldn't expect it to be a uh, big money maker, but uh, you know, definitely something that if you are in between the blockbusters and you're looking for something fun to watch, uh, that would probably be a good one. Yeah, I figure you know if uh, Unplanned can bring in 6.1 million, this is going to do a little bit better than that. So. Right, right. <laughs> just, just a thought. I mean, just a thought. So. Uh, moving on from zombies to killer dolls, um, you know, we've talked a lot about how the we're sort of in that golden age of horror remakes. You know, we've got uh, It, 
It Chapter 2 coming out here soon. Pet Cemetery is coming out. Uh, Doctor Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining. And then the other new reboot is that uh, they're making a new version of Child's Play with Chucky. And in the original Child's Play, uh, Chucky was basically a murderer whose soul moved into this doll and ended up killing people and was originally voiced by actor Brad Dourif. And there was a lot of talk about, you know, is Brad Dourif going to come back and, and do the voice? He did it in all of the sequels. I mean, there's numerous sequels that uh, have come out. But uh, now that we've got this reboot, they've just announced who the voice is of Chucky. And uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. As am I. Um, when th- when I heard about this reboot and I saw, I've already seen what Chucky looks like. Um, I saw a leak of it. I was like, eh, I don't know. It looks kind of stupid. But then after seeing who's going to be voicing him, because I was the same way, I was like, you're so used to hearing Chucky's voice one way. Uh, I, I'm really happy with who, with who they went with. So. Yeah, and so that person is going to be, uh, we know him as the Joker, we know him as Luke Skywalker, it is Mark Hamill, and uh, you know he's a voice actor extraordinary. So um, I... I think he's going to do an amazing job. You know, they've changed the story of Chucky around a little bit. Now it's uh, he's an AI, artificial intelligence, that's gone haywire as opposed to, you know, a possessed doll. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. And fun fact, too, apparently Mark Hamill voiced Chucky in uh, Robot Chicken. Like there was that horror spoof of, uh, in one of the Robot Chicken episodes and Chucky was in it. And Mark Hamill actually did the voice of Chucky in that. So nice. Not as not not his first time, surprisingly enough. <laughs> and then I don't know if you have the um, the YouTube video, but uh, there is just a, a little hint of Mark Hamill's voice uh, laughing as Chucky that uh, they released on Joe Blow about 17 hours ago. No, I'll have to, when we're done with this episode, I'll have to check it out. I didn't see that. Yeah, I mean, it is just the tiniest little tease. But, uh, you know, if you know his sinister Joker laugh, uh, you'll 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 enjoy this. Yeah. And, and now I went from not wanting to see this movie to wanting to see it just because Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker is going to be voicing Chucky. So, you know, that's going to be good. <laughs> Well, All right. in theory, I mean, the voice is the voice part's good. I don't know how well the movie's going to be, but I think they nailed it well with the uh, the pick of uh, the voice. Well, and they're doing a good job with these uh, reboots of the horror movies, so um, I wouldn't expect to see a, a cheesy version. I think they're going to really try to stick to the original horror and you know feeling of the original child's play without the cheesiness uh you know of the early 80s that it was right speaking of early 80s and a franchise that we keep gushing about and obviously it is the basis for the name of this podcast is the um much anticipated sequel trilogy, whatever you want to call it to ghostbusters being directed by Jason Reitman, son of the original director, Ivan Reitman. And, uh, he has 
come out with his final casting for this family that uh, is moving into this new town. And, uh, you know, we're finally seeing, uh, you know, who's going to be playing who, at least in this family. And so uh, originally we had talked about that Finn Wolfhard is going to be playing the son. You've got Carrie Coon, who's playing a single mother. And rounding out that family is McKenna Grace as the daughter. Yeah, and those, those who don't know McKenna Grace, if you saw Captain Marvel, she plays the young little Captain Marvel in the movie. Or Captain Marvel, she plays the young Carol Danvers <laughs> in the movie um, in those flashback scenes. And she also plays Max's girlfriend in Fuller House. And she's also, what was that movie with Chris Evans where he was like the the caretaker? Like he was like, not the dad, but it's like, he was the uncle and he would take care of the daughter. And she was real smart in school. Um, I don't know if I've seen that. Oh, I can't think of that movie. It was, it wasn't a girly movie, but Chris Evans, Captain America, played her dad or her uncle, or took care of her. It was a pretty good movie. I can't think of what it's called, but um, she was the star of that movie too, and she was really good in it. So, um, I'm actually thinking that's a great fit for this movie. I, she's an up and coming star. You've seen her in enough. She's one of those faces where once you see her, you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen her in things. But yeah, just to give you a quick refresher, if you need a quick who is that, there you go. Um, think young, young Captain Marvel flashbacks. Or if you're a geek like me and you watch Fuller House, she's a girl. <laughs> so. And uh, Tony's going to be posting the pictures on our Facebook page. So if you don't want to go to the extent of uh, watching Fuller House... <laughs> <laughs> you'll be able to see who she is on yeah, yeah. Facebook just, page. Just follow that link. More awesome news. Jason Ratman shares Ghostbuster family photo. It's got the original Ghostbusters in the picture, but you got to click the link and then there you go. So Nice. All right. Uh, now we're moving on to a slew of DC news. Uh, the first being that uh, Ezra Miller, who played the Flash in uh the most recent Justice League movie, he had a bit part in, uh, was it Batman vs. Superman, I think? Yeah. Uh, he has obviously been tied to uh, this role, and they were planning on doing a Flashpoint version of the uh, Flash storyline. And now that the whole DC Extended Universe is sort of in an upheaval, and, and they're not sticking with that continuity... Um, things are changing a little bit. And uh, as part of that, the DCEU is kind of going the way of the AAF. Yep. And so as part of that, Warner brothers had uh, brought in Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly uh, to write and direct this version of the flash. And uh, for those of you who don't know who Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly are, uh, they've directed a number of, really good movies, but they are um, primarily comedy directors and comedy writers. Uh, John Francis Daly was in uh, Freaks and Geeks. He was also in uh, Bones for a while, uh, so he's also a director. With all that being said, uh, Ezra Miller was disagreeing with the lighter tone of what they were trying to do uh, with the Flash script and approached Warner Brothers and said, 
you know, I'm going to write my own version with Grant Morrison. And Grant Morrison is a, a really well-known comic book writer, but Grant Morrison is known for some super dark stuff. And uh, basically said that if they don't use his version of the script, that they would, uh, he would potentially leave the project. And so he turned it in, and it looks like that uh, that's sort of the case, that uh, they decided that they're not going to go with his script, that they're going to stick with uh, Jonathan Goldstein and uh, John Francis Daly's. And as a result, uh, we will not be seeing Ezra Miller as Barry Allen. Which is a shame. I thought he actually did a really good job in Batman versus Superman, even though that movie wasn't the best. Um, he was one of the better parts of it, I thought. You mean Justice League? Or was it Justice League? I thought it was Batman versus Superman he was in. Oh, he was just in a... He wasn't him. It was a brief flash moment in that one, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you're, you're right. right. I think it... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the better parts, and his role in there was more comedic. So I, I'm a little confused on, you know, why he is not apt to go, you know, with that more comedic version of the story. Um, I think we'll see in Shazam coming out this weekend that DC is finally starting to realize that, uh, you know, pairing action with some good humor the way Marvel does. You know, Marvel's comedy is just as good as their action uh, might be the golden ticket for them. And so going with a super dark version of The Flash probably just isn't the way to go. Yeah, no, I think you keep it light. And I actually got a feeling that Shazam is going to set the tone for the DC, not almost a universe, but um, of what some what they should do you know i think this is gonna be their i, I just got a feeling shazam's gonna be a real good one for them yeah so most definitely all right the next big dc project uh that uh is being worked on not the next one to come out but you know something we've talked about a lot and uh definitely as the nerd world turns uh you know with the whole james gunn uh, debacle. As the nerd world turns, it's another James Gunn story on the Proton Pack podcast. <laughs> so there's a new story that came out uh, earlier in the week that now has thoroughly confused me. We reported, it was either last episode or two episodes ago, that uh, this version of the Suicide Squad is not going to be sequel, so it's not going to be Suicide Squad 2. Uh, it's going to be, as their um, producer, Peter Safran, said, uh, a total reboot of the first film, which, again, sort of went back to explain why um, uh, Will Smith's Deadshot was going to be replaced uh, by Idris Elba. With all that being said, apparently Jai Courtney, who played Captain Boomerang in David Ayer's Suicide Squad, is going to be returning to this one. So I don't know how it's not a sequel and it's a total reboot, even though you've got the same actor playing the same character. Um, at this point, I'm just confused. Yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> It's not a sequel, but it's a prequel to the sequel that was the threequel. <laughs> that confuse you too? Yeah, a little bit. It's about a little bit. Uh, 
So, I mean, and we've said it before with uh, James Gunn at the helm. We know it's probably going to be a good movie. Uh, Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang in the last one was probably one of the better characters that was in it. But at the same time, who knows if it's a sequel or, or a standalone. But uh, as we learn more, we will update you with that. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Sorry, I was choking. Uh, I was smoking uh, with the Joker over here, and uh, I got a little raspy, you know? <laughs> uh, speaking of the Joker, some breaking news today was that <laughs> the very first trailer for Todd Phillips' Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix came out. And uh, it's something we've talked about a lot that, you know, we're not excited about. Every image that we've seen come out about it has been sort of underwhelming to us. And now with the trailer, we get a better sense of the tone of the film, what they're looking to do with it. Um, I'm still a little apprehensive after watching it, uh, but I feel a little bit better. And if they do it with an R rating and make it really sort of dark and twisted... It may just work, but I don't think it'll stick along the same lines as like Shazam or Aquaman. Uh, this is definitely more of a dramatic take on the character. Yeah, it's basically, from what I was reading, it's going to basically be like he's just a mentally ill person. And you can see in the trailer, like he just wants to be kind of like kind of a stand up comedian and he gets the crap beat out of him and he's bullied and and it just leads to him going the way he goes and there's some twistedness now i'm the same way as you i i've i've always said just based off still shots and stuff this movie looks like a piece of crap um after watching the trailer i don't think it looks as crappy as i thought though still doesn't look super great i mean it was enough to excite the guys at work like they were all raving about it in the talking about how there's a scene where he's sticking his fingers in his mouth to make the big joker face and i i'm with you if you do an r-rated and you make it dark it it could be really good but you you can't it's got to be r-rated um and there can't not be no Phillips cameo in it either. So don't <laughs> show up for the gangbang. You know, <laughs> like it was that movie uh, Old School. Old School, I'm here, yep. I'm here for the gangbang. No. <laughs> um, you know, again, it comes out in October. I'll see it, but it looks a lot better than I thought. But we'll we'll see. Um, I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to kill it as far as, you know, you can tell he's giving his all. He got really skinny and bony for this role. It looks twisted in it for sure. So, uh, you know, I don't want to crap all over it based off the trailer. I mean, that is kind of my job on the other radio show. We just kind of take assumptions off of a trailer and you decide what you think of it. And uh, it made me actually kind of want to see it after watching the trailer. Because the, yes. the still shot sure as hell didn't work for me. So. No. Uh, it has very similar visual style to Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Um, you know, obviously, I think it's going to be just a, a straight drama. No really comic booky elements. Uh, but we'll see, you know, and it's got some great actors in it. You know, aside from Joaquin Phoenix, you've got uh, Zazie Beetz, Robert De Niro, Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, so it's it's got some good people behind it, 
but still not not what I was hoping for a Joker movie, at least not yet. No, no, and it's not going to tie, even though Bruce Wayne's going to be in the movie too, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's not going to tie together. It is its own standalone deal, so um, I will say this. I like it a hell of a lot better than the Jared Leto version. Oh, any version of the Joker is better than that. Yeah, that that was a terrible one, but yeah, this it'll be interesting. Well, I'll, I'll hold judgment until I see it, but a little redemption there in the trailer. I mean, the trailer's up on our Facebook page. Yeah, feel free to Proton Pack with Chris and Tony, Facebook.com. Check us out, and then uh, check out the trailer on there. So. Most definitely. All right, so uh, one thing that I had the pleasure of doing over the weekend uh, was able to take my boys to their first con, uh, which was WonderCon down in Anaheim. And uh, WonderCon is, if you've ever been to San Diego Comic-Con, it's basically like San Diego Comic-Con light. You know, you still get some big names out there, you get some big reveals, but nothing to the grand scale of Comic-Con. And so it was nice to bring my boys around and let them sort of explore the exhibit floor and, you know, see all of the cool stuff. Uh, they are obsessed with Funko Pops. So, you know, around every corner there was, a you know, another vendor selling, you know, just wall-to-wall of Funko Pops. Uh, one of the highlights of their trip was uh, we're walking around and, we pass by a, a table, and on the table are these oversized versions of uh, comic book uh, covers, um, and namely DC Comics from the early to mid-70s uh, featuring the Teen Titans. So it was, you know, the introduction of the Teen Titans and Deathstroke and Cyborg and, you know, all of the characters that we know as Teen Titans. And so we're there, and there's this elderly gentleman sitting behind the table, and uh, I lean over to my kids who are huge Teen Titans Go fans. And I say, you see that guy over there? That's Marv Wolfman. He's the guy who created the Teen Titans. And just watching them try to wrap their brains around seeing the guy who created basically their, their favorite characters on TV right now was just amazing. You know, it was so much fun to to see them realize that, uh, you know, these characters have people behind them and that, you know, they were created so long ago, um, you know, obviously well before they were born. And so that was, that was so much fun. And then the other surprise that I had for them was, uh, we headed over to the arena where they were doing uh, all of the panels and we got in there, sat down and they were just finishing up the fear of the walking dead panel and, uh, of course, you know, my youngest one turns to me, he's like, we're not watching the walking dead. Are we? It's like, no, just calm down. <laughs> but, oh, uh, no. you're like, yeah, don't worry. There's no, <laughs> right. <laughs> so the panel finished up, uh, they all left the stage and, uh, the announcer came over the loudspeaker and he goes, uh, up next is the world premiere of Batman versus the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. And both of my boys just lit up like, oh, my God. You know, my youngest, he's a huge Batman fan. Uh, he went through his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles phase. And uh, I figured this would be something that they'd really enjoy. And so we were the very first people to see a screening of 
the Warner Brothers DC animated feature, Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it did not disappoint. Uh, you know, you get that amazing animation style that you get from all of the DC animated features. And then you got really sort of true to form Ninja Turtles. The comedy was spot on. And then you had the uh, the Bat family. So you had, uh, you know, Batman, uh, Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, and uh, um, Robin, uh, the Damian Wayne version of Robin. And sort of seeing the serious side of, of that compared to the funny side of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it worked really well. And, uh, you know, Tony and I both being old school Ninja Turtle fans, you know, back to the 80s, they dropped a lot of really nice Easter eggs in there. And uh, it was it was fun, you know, so when it comes out and it comes out on digital uh, later this month and then uh, on Blu-ray uh, in about two months, it's definitely well worth a watch. And uh, like I said, the, the Easter eggs that they dropped in there were, were fantastic. Now, do you how are the voice actors for the uh, Turtles? Were they were they pretty good? I mean, they, I know they weren't the originals, but. They weren't the originals, but they they nailed it. I, and every little piece of Mikey in the movie was perfect. You know, Mikey was definitely the comic relief, even though most of the turtles, uh, you know, provided some sort of comedy. But uh, it went back to the idea that you know Leonardo is the leader of the group, um, and that they sort of struggle to. Uh, come together cohesively where, you know, Raph wants to sort of be the Lone Ranger and, and go out on his own and jump the gun. And so they played it really well to that, that original idea. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to see it. Um, I, I read the, the feedback after you said you'd seen it. And I know we're, we're talking about it for the first time here on the podcast. Um, it's the first time I'm hearing it, just like you guys listening. And, uh, you know, I had I, the the feedback has been just great, saying uh, how well it was done and you know how excited you were to see it. I mean, that's just awesome, and you got to experience it with your boys, and I take it they loved it. Yeah, yeah, and it was funny because you know the 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 DC animated features tend to be more on like the hard PG thirteen side. There was no swearing, but there was some blood and and you know some death in it, and so it was funny to be sitting next to them and they're like oh my god can they do that and but uh you know it was great and then at the end after obviously all the credits had rolled they brought out a, a good portion of the voice cast the director the creative team behind it and you got um on this go around and uh, that was weird i'm looking at tony's screen and it just went bright red yeah, mine. Yeah, mine's clipping. So if you guys hear that, okay, good. I'm moving around a bit. My screen froze, so I'm like, I'm hearing clicking on my end. I'm all, oh. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so the voice cast came out, and for the first time, uh, playing both Batman and Joker, you have uh, Troy Baker, and Troy Baker has voiced. Both of them separately, but this is the first time he's voiced them together. And uh, he does a very good 
homage to Kevin Conroy's Batman and Mark Hamill's Joker. And so, you know, it, it doesn't sound vastly different from those two. And uh, it keeps you into that animated feel of, of what Batman is. Uh, that's awesome. I apologize. These late, this is uh, a later night one, and I'm, I'm starting to yawn and come undone. But uh, that, is, that is super cool that you got to see that, man. And uh, I, I'm really excited uh, to uh, be able to see it just like everybody else. So, And, oh, uh, one sort of really cool side thing is they answered a question of something that has plagued me for years. And that is how to properly announce, not announce, pronounce uh, Rosh Al Ghul. Is it Rosh Al Ghul? Is it Raz Al Ghul? And uh, apparently when they were creating the movie, they had that same sort of debate. And so they phoned up DC, I mean straight to DC, and DC gave them the official answer, which is if you were a member of the League of Shadows – either current or former, he's referred to as Ra's al Ghul. If you were never a part of the League of Shadows, he's referred to as Ra's al Ghul. Wow. And I've never heard him, I've never heard him as Ra's al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul. I can't even say that. But uh, yeah, I've never heard him say, say like that. <laughs> it's funny watching the video because... Uh, you know, it's it's midnight where Tony is right now. He's been uh, drinking a couple drinks. And I can see him slowly starting to shut down. But I got my water, man. We still got a couple more segments, so I'm hanging in, man. I'm hanging in. Yep, a couple more stories, and then, uh, you know, everybody will be permitted to go to bed. But I want to hear, too, like, uh, like, so what other things did you see at WonderCon? I know, like, we covered the Ninja Turtles and Batman um, like, what were some of the other cool things that you and the boys saw while you were there? Um, it was a lot of artists. It was a lot of um, uh, indie comic books. Uh, DC had a booth there. So um, in their display, they had Zachary Levi's Shazam outfit. They also had all of the Batman cows from uh, all of the feature films. And so that was cool to show the boys. Marvel did not have a presence there whatsoever. Um, IDW was there to some degree with, um, you know, obviously they do um, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, and Skybound Comics was there. Uh, they do The Walking Dead. Uh, aside from that, they, you know, you get what you get at most of the cons, you know, people dressed up in their cosplay outfits, everything from, you know, store-bought to over-elaborate self-made uh, cosplay costumes that, you know, blow your mind. And obviously for my kids who have never seen these things up close, you know, they, they were just amazed. And so they were even saying that uh, when they go back next year, which they definitely want to do, they want to dress up as well. Oh, that'd be awesome. I can see them, man. They would love Comic-Con. I know like I've been to a few of them with you and those are, a, those are a freaking blast. So yeah, I look forward to eventually going to one again there. They seem harder and harder to get into nowadays. So 
Yeah. Uh, the one thing about WonderCon is, you know, even though some of the booths do offer exclusives, it's not to the same degree as San Diego Comic-Con where people, I mean, line up and camp out and, you know, wait for raffle tickets for all of the amazing exclusives. Um, you know, you didn't have Hasbro there. You didn't have Mattel there. You didn't have any of the video game companies there. Um, you know, again, not to the same degree as San Diego Comic-Con. But for what it was, and you know, a, a ticket was for me as an adult twenty four bucks. Well worth it. Awesome. That's always good to know too. I know you and I always discussed how uh, San Diego Comic Con could be better when we went. Like when we had to camp out in that crappy park uh, for Avengers: Age of Ultron. Like just to just to get into you know Hall H and uh, do all that. That was. Oh. That was awful. <laughs> Trying yeah, to nap but, on the concrete. And... Yeah, you know, but the good thing is we got to see a lot of cool things. Like we saw, what was it, Sons of Anarchy, uh, Dexter, Avengers, Age of Ultron. But having to sleep in the park, man, that was brutal. Yeah. Gosh, that was brutal. Uncomfortable, not fun. And we even paid a crap ton to stay at a really nice hotel. We never even stayed there. Like we just left our bags there that, that we never slept in those rooms. though. we used it for storage basically. Yeah. It was a storage thing. That was all. It was expensive storage too. <laughs> <laughs> Good memories though. Good memories. Yeah. Now I was walking through one WonderCon, and I was thinking, I hope that this show, the proton pack gets to the point one day where we can actually have a booth at San Diego comic-con and, uh, you know, we can podcast live, we can, you know, obviously meet people, we can have some merch that we can hand out and uh, actually have a presence at San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, that would be amazing. You know, or even any of the Comic-Cons, they're getting so big now. Like San Diego's the the cream of the crop and then New York, I think, is right behind it. And, uh, you know, everyone, Denver's starting to take off a lot. Like we got a lot of big name ones here in Denver's this year. So um, that would be, I'm just going to say, that would, that, that'd be bitching to do, you know. There won't be any drinking on there, though. Straight <laughs> over and plenty of sleep, so. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that was my WonderCon experience. It was fun. Um, you know, having two boys who have a tendency to wander off, I didn't get as many pictures as I would have wanted to of, you know, people in cosplay and some of the displays. But, uh, you know, it was definitely a fun experience. Awesome, man. And I'm glad they had a great time, too. That's just such a killer experience that they got to do with their dad. And uh, hopefully if you guys, uh, listeners and stuff, were able to go as well down in Southern California. If not uh, next year, definitely check that out. And uh, I know you and your boys will be checking out next year. So that, that sounds like an annual uh, family event for you from this point forward. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll be going until, again Until it sure. gets super big like Comic-Con where you have to get on a waiting list and – and all that crap that we're on now where you you can't just even go anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> it becomes it becomes a complicated thing now at this point. So. It does. It does. All right. Uh, we're heading into our last uh, category of the podcast. And uh, this week, uh, 
In video game news, we've got a couple stories for you. Uh, it was announced recently that, uh, you know, we've gotten the NES Classic, we've got the Super Nintendo Classic, and now we are getting an official Sega Genesis Mini, which uh, obviously is Sega's take on those classic systems uh, for the Genesis. Uh, we've got a retail price of $79.99 uh, US, which is right on par with, uh, you know, what those uh, other systems were. Uh, the release date's going to be September 19th of this year, and it's going to have 40 classic games on it. Uh, and they've even announced uh, 10 of the games so far, being Sonic the Hedgehog, Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodlines, Space Harrier 2, Shining Force, Dr. Rob that That's a good game. Uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Toe Jam and Earl, Comic Zone, Altered Beast, and uh, Gunstar Heroes. So they're already off to a, a good list so far, um, you know, 10 of the 40. Yeah, you can probably anticipate Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic Spinball. Uh, let's see. Well, there was Echo 2. I don't know if Echo 2 will make it on there, but um, uh, you can, Alex Kidd in Wonderland, that was like a standard packing game back in the day. Um, I hope they go with more obscure titles that they that's usually not like in their home console releases like because you can pick up the Sega Genesis collection on every system at this point and they and they've got pretty good lineups um, but to have the minis it is going to have the three button controllers if you remember from back in the day versus the six which kind of sucks because the six button one was nice. Um, apparently they'll add it so you can, you can purchase the six button at some point if you would like that. Um, but I think it's neat that they're putting it in there. I know they won't throw X-Men in there. That was one of the best Genesis games. Those were fantastic, but due to license issues, you probably won't see those in there. So yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath on that. So and, you know, you're getting a mini version of the original uh, Sega Genesis. Uh, when I owned the Genesis, I actually had the uh, second generation version, so the a slightly different look to it. Um, so this will be cool to have. And then, um, you know, one thing that Tony and I were talking about before we started is it would be nice to see some, like, 32X games or Sega CD games on there as well. Um one of my favorite games, fighting games that I played the shit out of on uh, Sega CD was, um, was it Eternal Warriors? Eternal Champions. Eternal Champions. And, yeah, that was a great game. It was great a great game. game. The, um, the finishing moves were like cinematic, you know, they were CG, um, which was, you know, a first for when they came out. And so they were hard as hell to pull off, but when you could do them, uh, they were so much fun to watch. Yeah, Sega had they had a lot of great games. Um, you know, they had uh, like this a lot of the stuff. Like, I wish they'd release a collection. Obviously, you're not gonna get it on the Genesis, but the 32X it would be nice to include things like they had uh, Knuckles Chaotix. Um, Sonic CD was a great game. Um, a lot of these you can get, like Knuckles Chaos, you're not going to get on any system, but um, a lot of these other games you'll find on the other comp compilations. Um, but 
just the fact to have the old school Sega. I mean, it's just it's like having the old school Nintendo and stuff. It's just fun to have. It's neat. It's a good collector's item. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see what the other list of the games are. And um, as we hear, we will post it and share it with you. And um, I shared it to our Facebook page already. So if you grew up in the uh, early 90s and you were a Sega fan, uh, you know, drop down in the comment box. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, what what games do you want to see on this? Uh, we're, we're at 10 right now. Uh, what do you think the other 30 games are going to be? So chime in. It'd be fun to see if your uh, list ends up uh, adding. What would you like to see? So, Yeah, and uh, Genesis had a cool couple cool gimmicks. Um, you know, one of my favorites was uh, Sonic and Knuckles. And if you remember, you could flip back the top and then plug into the top uh, either Sonic 1 or Sonic 2 and play either of those games as the character Knuckles. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, there was the first one you couldn't do it with, but it was Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. That's yeah. what it was, yeah. Yeah, but it was still neat, a neat addition. It was great, and you know, when I think about it, Sega had a lot of great games, and I know it won't make the, it won't make the forty, but like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Hyperstone Heist was bitching. It was a good mix of the first Turtles arcade game, some of Turtles in Time, and they even redid in uh, arcade graphics. They redid the. The extra stage in the Nintendo version of uh, Turtles 2, the arcade game, mm-hmm. uh, um, the boss was Shogun, which was this half kabuki. They made it for the video game to make the, the thing longer. Well, the Genesis version took that and made it 16-bit to look like the arcade, and it was really cool. So um, that won't make it on there, but that would be one of my wish list games on there for sure. Yeah, so. One of mine would be Golden Axe. Oh, I bet you'll see one, two, and three. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them not to have those on there. Yeah, those were so. Because you got to think like games like Shinobi is going to be on there, Columns, Comic Zone, um, gosh, maybe Earthworm Jim that might be on oh, there. Oh yeah, that was a really great game. I wouldn't even be surprised to see the original Mortal Kombat on there because if you remember. Um, and fans that are a little bit like along the same age of you and I is uh, Mortal Kombat for the Genesis was the one that had blood. The Super Nintendo version didn't. It was yep. gray sweat. So the Genesis one was bitching. It had the the bloody fatalities. It had like the pit stage where you would see Santa and the stuff <laughs> the moon, like the arcade. The Genesis version had that where the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo version did not. So. Mm-hmm. Um, quick, weird little sign tangent on uh, Mortal Kombat. You know, we're anticipating Mortal Kombat 11 coming out here soon. And uh, I was scrolling through videos, and they had a video of the evolution of Scorpion's fatalities. Uh-huh. And it's funny because, you know, they had, you know, Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3. And then 4 was the first in the 3D versus the, um, you know, the image capture. And then I forgot about all of the terrible, crappy Mortal Kombats that came out in between that and 10, aside from Mortal Kombat versus DC, um, there were so many terrible versions. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. They were Mortal Kombat 4 sucked. Like, when I started going on 3D... 
You know what's bad is I don't really remember four through nine. I, I don't think I could tell you. It's weird. <laughs> it, try try and find that video. Like there were titles that's like I don't even remember that coming out. Well, you remember like on PlayStation stuff they did like the Sub Zero Chronicles, and then they had the Liu Kang Chronicles, and those were garbage. Yeah, and those aren't even included in you know. Mortal Kombat's one through eleven, you know those wow. are completely outside. But like, I want to say one was called like Shaolin Warriors, and and oh, yeah. yeah, there were some bad ones in the series for sure. Yeah, but ten brought it back true to form. Oh, absolutely, as it should. I just remember uh, Mortal Kombat four was the first realm into three D, and I remember. Uh, one of the girls I dated in high school, she had the Nintendo 64 one. And it was Mortal Kombat 4, but they called it Mortal Kombat 64. Mm. And it was a piece of shit, man. That game was terrible. Awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're an old school Mortal Kombat fan, uh, stick with 1 through 3 and then jump over to 10 and 11. Yeah, yeah. I, 11's going to be badass. I mean... In theory, it looks badass. I haven't, we haven't played it, so I don't know. But I have no it doubt. Looks, it looks great, though. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, on to the last story of the evening. Then we can drift off to dreamland. Is uh, Nintendo Switch Online has uh, released the um, games that they're going to release. See, my brain's even mush at this See, point. Your brain even mush, and you didn't even drink. Nope. Uh, anyway, their April games are announced. Their April NES, you know, classic games. And uh, they're getting some good ones. Uh, this month coming out on April 10th, you get uh, Super Mario Brothers, The Lost Levels, Punch-Out featuring Mr. Dream. So it's not Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, unfortunately. And Star Soldier. And that's a game I don't particularly remember. But, uh, I don't Star Soldier either. That's on top of what they've already released with uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, The Legend of Zelda, uh, and uh, looks like Super Mario 2 and All-Star Collection. Yeah, so what's great about this is, like I was telling Chris before we did the recording here tonight, um, if you guys own a Nintendo Switch and you do that online service, it's 20 bucks for a full year. Or you could do a family plan for 35 and split it with your friends. That's... What I do with my buddy Mike, you know, we, you know, he just we split it in half, makes it cheaper, and you're on a family plan for one year. And the great thing is, is you get these games for free. You don't have to buy them. They're just available for download. They're just there. So you take these games on the go. I mean, it's incredible for twenty bucks for the whole year. If you're going to pay by yourself, twenty bucks get you all these games. They don't they don't go away. Um, as long as you're part of the service the games are there so everything from the beginning to now i think they're up to if i'm not mistaken with the special versions of a couple of the same games um like they give you like they released a special version of zelda which gives you all the weapons and and in like the, you have all the magic all the hearts and everything you got to start from the beginning but you have everything so um, so give some fun replay value to some of the older games, but I, I think they're up to at least 40 games at this point, if I'm not that's, mistaken. That's a lot of value. 
Yeah, for 20 bucks for the whole year. I mean, you think about when we were kids, they're 50 bucks a game. Yep. Or more. Yeah. So, um, I mean, even and, more of a reason to get a Switch. To play the 8 bit version of this, uh, of Super Mario Brothers, the Lost Level in 8 bit, that, that should be a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, Punch Out, I spent so much time on Punch Out. You know, I worked up to the way, or, uh, Man, my brain is going. I worked up to where I could get to, and I always had the Mike Tyson version. I could get to Mike Tyson. I never beat him. He was so hard. No, he was tough. I don't know many people that did. I I did once, but it was with Game Genie. That was the only way, and the only way I did it was by a referee's decision. So no kidding, <laughs> dude. You can't win that game. It's too effing tough. Yeah. How do, how do you do it? That's one punch your ass is down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to play perfectly in order to get it right. Yeah, no, that game's that game's freaking tough. I still love it up until you can get to like Mr. Sandman and Soda Popinski. Then it starts getting really tough. Super Macho Man. Oh man, him and the jiggly titties. I always remember <laughs> those. So, uh, but yeah, man, a great game. And that reason why you'll never get Mike Tyson is because back in the '90s he got accused of rape, so they dropped him. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so you'll never see a plus. Nintendo doesn't have to pay him a dime for releasing the game because they, his name's not mentioned. You're fine. So Mr. Dream is exactly the same as Mike Tyson. He's the white version, and he's hard. So. Yep. And speaking of Mr. Dream, uh, it's about that time that. We get to go off and visit Mr. Dream, yeah, uh, as it always. And a fun one. So. It has. You know, last couple times it's been an early morning one. Now we get the late night one. Eventually we'll get those midday ones where we're just on point. <laughs> yeah, tonight. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, listening. Um, subscribe to us on our uh, Facebook page, Proton Pack with Chris and Tony. You can also follow us on Instagram um and subscribe to us on uh, stitcher spotify google play also support rough riders um totally rad 1981.com and anything else i'm forgetting to plug pop culture kaboom pop culture kaboom listen to us on uh, follow our youtube page on or just the follow pop culture kaboom um on facebook and then we have uh, the radio show um, on KNVC 95.1 on Sundays. And I sample those horrible movie reviews if I ever see a movie. And I think that's all the shameless plugging, if you're yeah. still there. <laughs> so we're I tap- don't have anything to send us out on tonight. Either. I was just going to say, we're tapped out at this point. Typically, Tony takes us off on a high note. Uh, maybe he can uh, give us a, a Macho Man outro. Lace a bitch and swim my WrestleMania 35 on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Macho Man coming back from the dead things to the Ghostbusters. They're in control and on patrol. Dig it.